horror fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I always am by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. How's it going? This was supposed to be the summer of George. <laughs> man, this movie's weird. I did not expect to see a young George Costanza in here. Okay, right off the bat, did it look like he was wearing a like a hairpiece? No, I don't think so. I think it's just so weird seeing him with hair that you think that. There was just, he had so much hair on top where it's gone in Seinfeld. It was just, like, mesmerizing. <laughs> I know, it's weird to see it. Like, it's it feels not right. And I always, like, when I think about this movie, I think of two things. It's, like, the garden shears and, oh, George is in this movie. But he's not in it anywhere near as much as I remember any time. It's always like, oh, yeah, he's kind of like a side character. Yeah, exactly. So, The Burning from 1981, directed by Tony Malum, Malum, something like that. Yeah, and we can stop there. We don't have to talk about anything else. So, anyway, The Burning, um... (laughs) No, I think this one's actually, look, it's impossible to avoid movies with the Weinsteins attached to them, because they were attached to so many movies. Oh my god. However, this one, more than maybe anything else, I'm like... Oh, holy shit, the red flags were all there. I forgot completely until the movie started and I saw his name show up. And I was like, oh, that's right. This is like one of the only movies he ever wrote. Yeah, this was like one of his big starts in movies. I think he might have been involved in a few things before, but this was his like big endeavor into it. Right, this is like right when like Halloween's taken off, Friday the 13th is like making box office. Um, Tom Savini jumps from Friday the 13th to this movie being like, well, I'm gonna like try to start a new franchise because he was like, Jason's coming back for part two? That makes no sense. Little would he know. (laughs) Did you see the weird credit he got at the end? No, I don't think so. It says... Horror Sequences by Tom Savini. I don't know what that credit means. Like, yeah, he did the horrific special effects makeup, but that's called special effects, not horrific scenes. Yeah, it was a weird credit. I'm not used to seeing that. Yeah, that's weird. Um, But yeah, like what you said about, like, Harvey Weinstein wrote this, and there's all this, like, so many of the guy characters are super grabby, And then they get really mad when the girl says no. And then for some reason, all the other guys will stick up for that person now. Yeah, like our main character, one of our main character, he's a peeping Tom who we're supposed to feel bad for at the end of it. And look, not to get too heavy or anything, there was, when everything was going on against Weinstein and everything, this was a movie set that was brought up as an incident occurring on and everything. Oh, really? Yes, so, yeah, it's all there, um, we'll get into it a little bit in the movie, but yeah, it's really weird just the way the guys act in this movie and everything, and then knowing he was behind it. Well, like, Alfred's cult peeping in the shower, and everyone treats it as like, ah, he's just being him, you know. It's because he doesn't have any friends, Brett. Don't you know when you don't have any friends, you spy on people naked? That's what you get. You can either get friends or you can creep around in the shower. Exactly. So another thing is, I think this I'm counting pretty much as a first time watch. 
Because I feel like Joe Bob or some host showed this movie before, and I saw bits of it there. Maybe it right. wasn't Joe Bob, but I've seen pieces of it. Maybe just on, like, the Shutter TV thing. But I never really sat down and watched the whole thing, but I've always heard it being regarded very highly and everything. The burning, the burning. I hear about it all the time. This uh, rap sequence, especially, I'd hear about Yes. Yeah, and everyone's always like, "Why watch Friday the Thirteenth when the burning exists?" Snobby people. Say. Oh, look, I'm gonna say now, it's okay. Oh, I don't yeah. think it comes anywhere close to that, though. I'm like, it's fine. Is the best way I'll put it. It's a gene- It's a semi-generic slasher movie from the '80s that takes place at a summer camp. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe I'm looking at that in 2023, like, vision. Like, where we've had so many of them. Maybe it wasn't as generic at the time. Which, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't. But still, like, and the horror of it all, like, is very few and far between. And man, they do not know... I'm getting my negatives out of the way, don't worry. They do not know (laughs) how to edit for shit. Like, there'll be a scene of people, like, walking to somewhere. And they feel it's necessary to show the entire walk start to finish. (laughs) We're going to paddle. We're going to show paddling for 10 minutes at a time. (laughs) He's looking around the scary room for the killer. We're going to drag this out 20 minutes. Like, they show everything and cut nothing. Wait a minute. Your character who's standing wants to pick up that axe? Better film it so it looks like he's laying down and grabbing it. He's back up again. (laughs) Yeah, like, there was no editing done on this movie. It's really, it is kind of sloppy. There's, uh, it, it can kind of work for its advantage a few times. Like when Jason Alexander kind of bursts into the cafeteria with all of his friends and he's like, Hey everyone, I'm here. Whoa, what you got? Hey there, buddy. It's like that kind of stuff kind of, you know, those kind of people in high school and whatnot. It was like, Oh, the big personality came into the room and everyone kind of likes them. That part yeah. makes sense. Yeah. The character stuff, like for the good ones, is good and well done. Like, I have fun watching these people hang out. Again, the good ones. Like, but it feels like it should be a different movie. As far as, like, making a horror movie, I'm like, you guys are kind of missing the mark on a lot of this. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, uh, there's so many long sequences where, like, nothing is really happening. And then all of a sudden, you'll it'll be, like, blasted with, like, oh, cool, like, um shear kill because there's a lot you can do with shears it's a cool it's a cool weapon to have be your main weapon for your movie but there's so much in between stuff that's either just really boring or just weird that you're like ah well i guess the kill sequences make up for tom zavini is doing a great job but and something else can i jump to the end for a second sure the whole todd our hero of the movie he was one of the kids who set this man on fire. Granted, we're told this man was mean, and the kids didn't like him. However, children set him on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm supposed to root for this man, like, against the man he set on fire. Now, granted, he didn't have to kill everybody else, but if this guy just came after Todd, I'd be like, yes, rightfully deserved. Get him, burnt cropsy man. 100%. Of, okay, he was a drunk and he was mean. Okay, but was that it? Like, every once in a while he go like, at you. It's like, I know what we're going to do. We're going to prank him. Which, the prank is so weird. Yeah, so, actually, you know what? That pretty much puts us right into the beginning of the movie. 
So we're at Camp Blackfoot, and these boys at night are planning to scare Cropsy, the caretaker of the camp. And Todd sneaks in with a box while he's sleeping, and he lights something on fire and moves it. And they all knock on the window and wake the man up. And what it is, it's a skull covered in worms with, like, candles on the inside of it. Yeah, and Cropsy, which, I mean, I want to point out right away, holy shit, Cropsy? Like, oh! Well, Cropsy's an urban legend, like, around the New York area, like, so I think they just took the name. Oh, yeah, but, like, he he was, like, an actual person, wasn't he? I'm not sure how much of that is true. It's, like, the story changes every time it's told and everything. I'm not really sure. I just love that documentary, and they're, they're like, interviewing all the Staten Island people, and they're literally my caricature of stat like italians i'm just like oh yeah i saw cropsy over there by the bus stop <laughs> there's a lot of that in this movie as well and i'm very excited to do this throughout the entire episode but the other thing is brett i don't know i understand you're the caretaker and you sleep like kind of in your work area maybe you don't sleep next to the gasoline well yeah he sleeps next to his like trusty can of gas it's like his teddy bear that he cuddles and huffs as he's sleeping but yeah, he sees the skull. It's like, Rah! like freaks out, knocks the skull onto his bed with the gasoline and then just immediately becomes a guy in one of those burn suits running around. Yeah, I mean, the burn effect is good. He yes. runs out and goes into the lake and the, the boys are like, uh oh, by the way, why <laughs> were no criminal charges pressed on these children? Yeah, how is this just swept under the rug? Where now Todd is, like, a camp counselor. Yeah, granted a different camp, but still. But this is like if they would have hired Angela, legitly, like, oh, you're Angela Baker from that Camp Arawak? Oh, yeah, sure, we'll hire you. She didn't have to, like, sneak in under a false identity. Yeah, exactly, just like that. Yeah. One week later at the <laughs> hospital... Uh, this worker showing the new employee around is like, you want to see the worst patient I've ever seen? And it's Cropsy. And this scene is kind of bizarre because he reaches out and grabs him and they scream and run away. Dude, you are medical professionals. Yes. This man has just been burnt nearly to death. And you're using him as the boogeyman to scare your new guy. And then, like, the guy probably needs help or something if he's reaching yeah. out and grabbing you. You scream and run away. My morphine ran out. Please help me. But yeah, it's so funny. It's like he's trying to scare, like you said, the new doctor. And he keeps being like, hey, man, you want to be a doctor? This is the real shit. Like, come on, you got to come see him. And he like opens up the curtain. He's like, look at him. He's a freak in front of the man. No wonder he grabbed you. <laughs> we get our title card and opening credits. And Five years later, Cropsy's being released. I like when he's being pushed to the exit and everything, and you have this big dialogue montage from over the years, <laughs> like, you have to let your hate go. You can't be so angry. Life will take some adjusting, but you'll get back to normal. You can't be angry at those kids. Why can't you? Why can't you be angry at the children who set you on fire? Now, I know those children almost burnt you to death, and you were already a horrible monster. Now you're extremely burnt, and you look like a pig. But forgive them. Life is good. Now, please leave because you're very creepy. <laughs> well, and I'm guessing at some point, Cropsy must have solved some Giallo movies because he all of a sudden's like, I want to be with the Black Glove Killer. Yeah, exactly. 
he gets a hooker and goes into her place and she's walking around and everything. And when I guess he takes his hat off and she sees him, she just starts screaming like, no, go away, please. Again, this isn't a monster, Brett. That's a man. <laughs> like, yeah, you'll be like, hey, I'm not into it or something anymore. But like, you don't just like scream at him when you see him. Cropsy could also play it in a way of like, okay, I know what I look like. I was in an accident. I'm going to pay you a little bit more. Like, I'm cool. I'm a cool guy. Like, I know my face is weird. But he's playing it like she runs up the stairs and is opening the door. She seems kind of drunk. She's like, come on upstairs. Why are you lurking in the shadows? And then he, like, turns the light out. And she's like, oh, you like it in the dark? That's fine. But I love the line of, we got to hurry this along, honey. I got money to make (laughs) Then he stabs her with some scissors that he finds in the room. And she's dead, but then he, like, throws her through the window, but not, like, through the window. Just breaks the window with her, and she's dead. So he's seen Deep Red. He's like, I love Deep Red so much. This is going to be my first kill. After that, I'll figure my own thing out. But I'm going to push a woman, like, halfway through a window um, that she turns into a dummy. Um, I'm also going to dress like the Black Love Killer. Um... I think scissors even come up in deep red, don't they? I don't recall. Uh, possibly, like, because they use a lot of weird weapons in those movies. Maybe. Next, we go to Camp Stonewater, and this is our introduction to most of the kids. We're introduced to Eddie and Dave, played by Jason Alexander. And, hey! Um, some girl run, this girl Tiger, who is... Another, like, one of those, like, minor characters who actually is very funny and, like, eats up the scenery when she's on. But she runs into the woods after the ball and, unknowingly to her, narrowly avoids death because Cropsy's about to kill her right when she finds the ball and leaves. Yeah, he's just walking around with the shears. He's like, this is going to be my thing. Like, I can't do the machete. I can't just do a butcher knife. I can't do razor gloves. I'm going to be the shear killer. I have a question. Okay. So he killed the hooker with, like, sewing scissors. Yeah. Are we to believe those are the same shears? No, no. I think he just killed her with the scissors, and it's like, I like things that can stab, slice, and cut. Uh, Okay. And my other question, I'll save that one for later, because it (laughs) will come up. Okay. (laughs) Um... At lunch, Karen's talking about not knowing if she likes Eddie. Eddie's a douchebag. (laughs) Pretty much next morning, Sally goes to take a shower, but she hears a noise, and she screams, and Alfred was there. And, by the way, my dog's name is Alfred, listeners, if you don't know, and he kept perking up at the TV throughout this movie. Oh, that's so funny. Um, Played by Brian uh, Baker, Rat Ratner, from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes, people, that movie came up organically once again, just like in Chopping Mall, where that was like covered in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I immediately saw him and being like, that's rat. <laughs> but he says he just meant to scare her. And so our counselors, Todd and Michelle, are arguing if he should be sent home. Todd's like, cut him a break. Um, I have an issue telling our counselors apart from the campers. Yeah, very much so. Of like, There's definitely some much younger campers, 
But yeah. the counselors also have that thing of like, are they supposed to be teenagers? Are they in their 20s? What are we doing here? Because Todd and Eddie look pretty close. Eddie almost maybe looks a little older than Todd. And I think yeah, Eddie is sure. a camper. Yes, he is. Yeah, so well, what's the dynamic here of who's who? If you're one year older, you get to be in charge of the others. Yeah, so you just like boss around. It's like when you're a senior in high school and you're like, oh yeah, I'm finally on top of the world. It's like, well, for like a year. And then you're at the very bottom again. <laughs> We're introduced to Blazer, our muscle-bound bully character, picking on Alfred, broken up by Todd. And I can't tell the dynamic and who's friends and who doesn't like each other because it changes so much in this movie. Well, because they were about to be fist, they're like fist fighting almost. Next scene, they're all eating lunch together. Yeah. But we cut to everyone swimming and Alfred's afraid to swim with the other and Glazer pushes him in. But then like Glazer swims up to the, what are these floaty thingies <sighs> called? Like they're those oh. floating dock things. Baba Booey. Buoys is is it a buoy though? I I like don't a, know. It's like a floating dock. Okay, but he swims out to that with all the girls on. He's talking to them. He has a thing for Sally. But then one of Dave's group gets a pellet gun out and just shoots Glazer in the ass, and they all laugh and run away and everything. And then cut to night, and they're all just hanging out in the cabin together after you were just shot. Exactly. Where he's like, I'm going to get you. It was so great because like, for some reason now everyone is buddying up with Alfred, the weird, like quiet kid that peeps in the showers and everyone's like, yeah. ah, you know, he's just had an issue there. He's fine. And because Jason Alexander's trying to get him to like, oh, come on, we can go swimming. Let's swim out there to those ladies out there. And then yet yeah, Glazer pushes him in and then Glazer does like, the really old school thing of like a caveman walking around all the cave women with his chest all puffed out being like hey girls uh, uh, hi sally i love you you want to go fuck you don't you don't want to fuck angry angry don't know how to control feelings it's literally the personification of a girl's dms hi baby how you doing no response well fuck you anyway yeah, you don't like the nice guys. <laughs> but that night they're hanging out in the cabin and David comes in and like is delivering porn to all of them. Like, ah, I got your hustlers here. I got your playboys. Like he goes, he goes up to um, Glazer. Like, here's your condoms. He goes, I wanted lubricated condoms. I'm not paying for these. But here's the thing I'm confused by, Brett. Yeah. This kind of character works in a prison environment. Right, oh, well... What is this, like, smuggler at the camp character? They've had this kind of character in a few different movies. I can think of uh, Rock and Roll High School. Remember the guy in the bathroom? Um, there's... Uh, You've been over fuck. this, Brett. I have not seen Rock and Roll High School. How, how have you not seen Rock and Roll High School with the Ramones? I know, it's just one of those holes I never got to. It's just there. I know it exists. I've heard the soundtrack, I just never watched the movie. PJ Souls is in it. I know. And, but also, um, oh, fuck. Uh, what's the Raimi that was in the one movie where he's in the bathroom and he's like, I got your condoms in like the drive-in. Oh, I don't remember. Ted Raimi, that's it. Yeah, I think it's um, Blood Rage. 
I don't know. But it's so funny because, like, the one guy is like, I got your Playboy. And the other one's like, where's my Hustler? It's like, oh, here you go. He's like, Hustler? He's, like, giving him shit about the porn that he, like, looks at. And George is like, hey, this guy right here is the jerk-off champion. All right? <laughs> Two, three times a day, this kid. And then Alfred's in the cabin, too. And he sees Cropsy outside the window, but he freaks <laughs> out. And, of course, the others don't see it. But we do, this is like a very quick glimpse we get of him. But if you like are really paying attention, you see all of them, like right here. Yeah, if, you, if your pause game is strong enough, you get the reveal here. Which, the mask doesn't look horrible. It looks a lot better than this kind of movie deserves, I think. Yeah. And the guys all go to lunch at the mess hall, dinner at the mess hall, and they're walking in like, they're the coolest kids in school. Like, hey, you know what we talked about earlier. Yeah, where, like, George is, like, dipping his finger in the one person's food and flicking it on the other one. Like, punching the arm of some guy. Like, hey, how you doing? Hey, you gotta hook up with this man right here. He's the jerk-off champion. <laughs> and then, right here, I think it's the jerk-off champion. Forgot his vitamin E. So he goes back to the yeah. cabin. And the thing I complained about at the beginning of the movie is right here. We see him forget it. We see him walk back to the, the cabin. We see him searching through all of his bags. Why do yeah. we need to see all this shit? Cut it! And they give him shit for like half a second about it, but why is he all obsessed with this vitamin thing? Is it like some th something he read in his hustler? Like I don't know, but he needs it. And we see him search for all of it. And then of course we have the killer fake out where it's actually Todd. Right. But we learned the next day the three-day canoe trip for the older campers begins. And this is a good way to, like, have a full-on camp setting, but still separate, like, your main victim group and everything. Well, and it's also a really good ride-around of why you're not killing off, like, 12-year-olds. Of, like, all the exactly. older kids are going on their own canoe trip. Which, did you catch the thing of, I guess they're leaving from the canoe trip, wherever the destination is to home because they're like make sure you have plans on getting home before we leave on the canoe trip like no, it's almost like that. this is the 80s it's like if you don't have a plan for pickup you now live in the woods or maybe they come back but they come back on the last day so they won't be able to like make the phone calls or whatever before maybe but yeah it was just weird it's like they're like really trying to hammer it into these like like late teenagers heads early 20s i don't know of like make sure you know how to get home after the canoe trip but we get some fun banjo music and about 10 minutes of paddling and splashing each other oh yeah i love the one girl's like guys it's a canoe not a shower yep. then at night we get a campfire story doesn't quite hit the same with cropsy as it does for our lake boy Oh no, the Friday the 13th part two one is like, mwah, like chef kiss, chef's kiss. This is perfect. This one, they're trying to do like the exact same thing. It's just not as good. And also like in the Friday the 13th part two one, like they, the prankster jumps out in the mask goes, ah, and everyone screams for like half a second. Then they realize this one, like they think they're about to get killed until right up until Todd takes the mask off of Eddie. I think it was. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, we're not going to die right now. Ha 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 ha. Here's the thing about our main character again. Remember, Todd burn a man alive. 
Yeah, and now, now he's, he's now he's the storyteller of this entire like he's like I'm gonna make a legend out of this. Like he could not wait to get back to camp the next year. Of like, do you know the legend of Cropsy? It's like, dude, we were here last year. Like we remember when you birthed the man. Why are you trying to make this like your thing now? <laughs> Again, no remorse whatsoever. This man no. is a cold killer, and he does Cropsy deserved to get him. He does completely. That next morning, I think the time is really messed up because it looks like morning. It was dark at the campfire and now it's light here. But later we say last night. So who fucking knows? But Eddie and Karen (laughs) are on a walk and they kiss and Karen pulls away. But then they go skinny dipping and they start kissing in the water. But she pushes away again. And this is where Eddie goes, don't fight it, which is really weird now. I mean, it's weird no matter what, but especially with our writer of this movie. Well, because then Eddie grabs her and pulls her in and starts, like, force-kissing her. And she, like, flaps him and is like, you asshole, and, like, swims away from him. As Eddie's like, why did you even come out here in the first place? And there's no drywall around to punch, so he starts punching the water. (laughs) (laughs) They find Karen leaves, but her clothes are spread out throughout the woods, like, in a trail for her to get. And... She goes and gets them. Did she just leave her sock? Am I correct, or did I just think that? Like, I think she walks past a sock and doesn't pick it up, but I'm not positive. Well, because you're like, oh, fuck, fuck that sock. <laughs> but garden shears, garden. I can't say this word. Garden shear throat chop from Cropsy. Pretty awesome. That's why I like this weapon. Like I said, it can stab, slash, and cut, and we get all of it in this movie. Which. Later, when they find her body in, like, the mineshaft thing, did you notice what they did? What did they do? They literally took a still from her up against the tree with her, like, throat all bloody and stuff, and they blacked out as much of the forest as they could, but they couldn't get quite all of it. And that's supposed to be her in this room. But you see trees behind her. No, I didn't catch that. That's insane. Literally a screen grab that they tried to black out as much as they could, but there's still branches and stuff. (laughs) It's amazing. I love it. (laughs) But uh, next morning, Eddie is being questioned by Michelle and Todd where Karen is, and they find out all the canoes are gone. And so... (laughs) (laughs) all the kids are looking for wood to make a raft at Todd's instruction. Is this Viva LaBam? We'll get more on that in a minute. Is this Viva LaBam season one when they're trying to escape Three Mile Island? Like, what's going on here? That Uh, that was my favorite episode. (laughs) Uh, Glazer's getting handsy with Sally and Alfred sees it and he's all mad. Oh, oh, Oh my god. It's so great because Glazer's been trying to hook up with Sally this whole time and Sally keeps being like, no, like, well, I don't know. Because at one point she's like, imagine all those muscles on top of you and they, they all do that woo thing girls do in this kind of movie. Um, and then they finally, Sally's finally, I guess, like, fine, we can have sex. And Glazer comes too quickly. He like, he thrusts like five times. It's like, ugh. And Sally's like, is that it? And then Glazer's like, sorry, babe. Like, I guess you want to leave now. Like, you look pretty cold. And she's then she zings him again of, yeah, you didn't do anything to warm me up. 
<laughs> and then once again, Glazer is caveman because he's like, I make love to woman. Must keep woman warm. Maybe make love again later. Make fire. Yes. <laughs> Dude, by the way, though, they did make the raft and they sent some kids on the raft. Yes. What kids do you send on the raft? made of rope and vine that, like, you've cobbled together. Okay, go get help, kids. <laughs> like, I was one of these kids they told to go on the raft. I'm like, they're sending us to our death. No, even without the killer. Not only that, they send Eddie along with them, who is the last person to see that girl alive. And they're exactly. very suspicious of. No, send him along with everyone. That's all, though. Um, oh, well, no. They, they're on the raft, and they see one of the canoes, and they make their oh way to God. it. And Cropsy pops but, out of the canoe no, and kills them all in a really cool scene. Amazing scene. They paddle up to the canoe for ten minutes. Yes. It's such a huge buildup of, like, I know what you're doing. This is the scene from Friday the 13th Part 4, I think. When you swim out to the raft and, oh no, dead body. This time it was, oh no, killer. But it's like the music is swelling and swelling and swelling. Everyone's like, come on, let's get to the canoe. Is that our canoe? Who cares? Let's just get to it. Come on, everyone. Let's keep paddling. We're still yeah. paddling. <laughs> Like, it's insane for how long it goes on for. And you know exactly what they're doing. The killer's going to pop up. And like you said, it looks so awesome. This is like one of the like main stills of the movie is him with the garden shears all the way up in the sky. Um, this is what they showed during the Friday the 13th documentary. It's, that's how I found out about this movie. Because they talked about Tom Savini going off and doing a knockoff called The Burning. Dude, I mean, it's a really cool shot. This is the best scene in the movie, if you ask me. Well, how many does he kill right here? How many are on the raft? Like four or five? And yeah, it's just I think like it's five right here. Repeatedly stabbing. He slices the one girl's like skull open. He just snips the one guy's fingers off. Yes. <laughs> uh, this was heavily cut by MPAA in its initial release, so a lot of this was cut out for a long time. Oh, that's because if you don't have this, you don't have anywhere near a good movie. You get George no. popping up every once in a while, and that's the only saving grace is George and, like, the cool gore. Yeah. And then, it, like, the scenes, like, when he does his massacre, it fades to red and then fades back. And there is a really cool shot where that, like, kind of ends this whole massacre. The one girl's arm is, like, dangling into the water and there's the one little stream of blood that goes all the way down to her fingertip and like starts dripping off that looks cool yeah for sure horror sequences by tom savini yes oh which the you know that's just tom savini looking at being like what can we do that would look cool just a single drop of blood but we cut back to what we kind of covered already, the whole sex scene with Sally and Blazer. But when Blazer goes to get some matches to light his fire, Alfred follows him back, and Cropsy kills Blazer. He's already killed Sally, because he pulls the sleeping bag down, and Sally's dead. Then he kills Blazer, and like pins him to a tree with the shears. This is a really cool shot, too, actually, when he's like carrying yeah. him over off the ground and everything. 
Oh yeah, because he's like doing the Michael Myers thing almost. Of he has him like up off the ground with the weapon and then pins him to something. Yeah. And then Alfred runs and wakes up Todd. He's like, there's been a murder! There's been a murder! Todd's not taking it serious. He takes him to the murder spot. I expected the bodies to be gone. Oh, 100%. And once again, it's going to be like, Alfred! I'm glad they didn't do that. I I hate that cliche. I'm glad they didn't do it. And they've already done enough of that in this movie. They've already done it a couple times. So we don't have to keep doing it. But he sees the bodies, but Cropsy's still there. He... I thought this was the weakest kill in the world, but no, it's just an attack. He, like, slashes Todd kind of on the head as Alfred runs away. Yeah. The raft has made its way back towards the camp now. And, and Jason Alexander, everyone's like, what's it doing back? What What's going on? And George is like, they gotta be messing with us, guys. They're pulling our legs here. Yep, and they're like, oh, it's nothing. Look at these guys. Michelle gets in the water and swims out to it. And And it's so funny because George is like, "Uh uh-oh, you guys are in trouble. Counselor coming. And she finds the arm first and then other miscellaneous bodies and body parts. I don't know how they're still just randomly on the raft but not on it. She, it's such a horror movie scene of she pulls the arm off and then wipes it across her chest so she gets yes. covered in blood. And then, yeah, like you said, just bodies start popping out of the water that I'm guessing are tied to the raft or something. But yeah, how did they all stay perfectly? And then like, okay, Cropsy's like, and make the body go now. And he presses the body button and it pops up. <laughs> But she starts screaming, and George is to the rescue. He's going to run in and save the day. Dude, I know we're just joking because it's Seinfeld's George, but honestly, he is, even without Seinfeld, he is a standout character. You can tell, like, he was going on to bigger things after this. Oh, yeah, he sticks out of, like, that's an actual actor. Yes. But all the, Michelle and all the kids are going to get on the raft and go back to camp to get help, and... Todd is on the other side of the river looking for Alfred, who, I don't know how they got on the other side of the river, but they're on the killer side of the river, but they never crossed it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this can't make sense when I'm thinking about where they went. Because Blazer and Sally snuck off. Alfred followed them from camp. They didn't cross a river, and now him and Todd are on the wrong side of the river. Hi, Benny! Looks to me like you're on the wrong side of the river! Like you said, the editing in this is either, like, they don't edit enough, or it's very, like, jinky, and, like, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like that, of, like, they're on, they're not where they should be. Or, like, why are you picking the axe up like that? But everyone's leaving except for Todd and Alfred, and the others make it back to camp and Michelle goes up to like the camp supervisor. Like there's been a murder and he thinks she's joking. She's like, look at those kids. And you see them and they're all clearly distraught and crying and everything. Like you said about the editing, once again, like the camp owner is like, where are my canoes? And she has to stop, run up the dock, run around the building, run up the stairs to him. And then goes, Where's the outboard? We need to call the cops. He's like, what are you talking about? Is this some kind of prank? And she's like, look at those kids. As they're all like dirty and muddy and holding themselves because they're like distraught. Yeah, as you would be. 
Yeah, exactly. Even George can't make this funny. He's not throwing out any puns. He's not dipping his finger in anyone's food and flicking it on someone else. He doesn't have a condom on him. <laughs> and this is, George does not make it to the final scene of the movie. He doesn't die. This is just the end. So goodbye, George. This was supposed to be the summer of joy! Yes, uh, I mean, I'm glad he didn't die, I guess. He moved to New York. He met his, you know, this was the summer he was away from his friend Jerry. Yeah, I like to picture this is what made him, like, the self-deprecating George that we know later. Yes, exactly. Well, I love, like, something I still use to this day I learned from Seinfeld and George Costanza. If you want people to think that you're really busy... Just look perturbed and like you're like really frustrated. Just ah oh, man, your hair, your hair, heads in your hand. Like ah oh, God. And George Jerry's like, you're right. You look very busy right now. I use it all the time. Oh, always. it's perfect. Always have a piece of paper in your hand and look yeah. irritated. Like oh no, I, just a second. I just gotta do this real quick. God damn it. Like ah. But uh, back like in the thick of it all with Alfred Todd and Cropsey. Cropsy gets Alfred in what I can describe as ancient civilization ruins. I don't know what this is. Yeah, I like what would make sense is that this is like the burnt remains of the original camp. Yeah, but it's, it's like all of a sudden this is my bloody Valentine. Yeah, like, there's like a mine, but it doesn't actually look like a mine at all. I'm expecting moosehead cans to be littering everywhere. Todd here screaming and is running in that general direction as Cropsy, for some reason, doesn't kill Alfred like he's killed everyone else. He's torturing him. This isn't one of the guys who burned you, dude. He's coming. But he has him, like, tied up with the, the shears over his arm, but not, like, cutting it off and just leaves him there. Yeah, it's, like, cutting his arm because there's, like, some blood, but it's not cutting, him off, cutting it off or anything. And it's just... Alfred being like extremely panicked, which you would be, but he's like so overacting it. He's like, oh, 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 oh my god! <laughs> like, <laughs> then Todd makes it to the building where this is, which is literally a shed, and we're to believe it's part of a mine. <laughs> yeah, he's he's looking around, and we have like a minecart scare where the minecart just rolls back at him and hits him. <laughs> The most quiet minecart ever, because Todd's looking around and the minecart's kind of moving and making no noise up until the last second. And Todd's like, "Uh oh, and he sees it coming and it cut back to Todd, cut back to the minecart. It's coming. Cut back to Todd. And then he jumps out of the way. Yes. He jumps through this like flimsy wall and finds dead Karen that we talked about earlier. Oh. Yeah. He finds a picture of her that crops. He's try. He's very new at Photoshop. He's learning. So he wanted to show Todd, this is what I've gotten so far. Todd's like, not bad, but I see some trees here, and you got to get your outline better. Dude, where did Cropsy get a blowtorch? Well, because, well, it's also like an antique blowtorch. It's like extremely old for some reason. This looks like a, like a war, like a, a military blowtorch. You think that Cropsy would not want anything to do with fire? He'd be like, yeah. rawr, rawr, at it, you know, like, no, he's carrying around a fire gun. He's like, I'm going to burn you, motherfucker. <laughs> but we see the blowtorch and it's shooting flames out, not lighting anything, just like scary. Like, and then we have the flashback to the beginning where the boys are ready to do their prank. And they're going, like, are you ready, Timmy? 
are you ready, Sam? And then they go, are you ready? And then it echoes when it goes, Todd. So we know, like, because honestly, I'm glad they did that because I would have not realized that kid, because it's a different actor, is this Todd. Well, no, like, okay, I get what they're doing. And it's like, whoa, Todd was there. Uh Uh-oh. Todd mentioned earlier in the movie that he had something to do with this to one of the other counselors. Yeah, again, he's not hiding it. No remorse. Terrible person. Yeah, but it's not like this is some big reveal. It's like, yeah, we know. Like, 40 minutes into the movie, he was bragging about it. And then in another confusing editing moment, Cropsy just disappears? When he was right there with a blowtorch? Yeah, well, like, he shuts the blowtorch off, which makes you teleport. Also, I would love to see him trying to get this blowtorch relit, this antique blowtorch from the 30s. Like... Like, Taz is just hearing, like, the of that, like, sparker thing. <laughs> <laughs> Todd's searching for Alfred again, and then Cropsy reappears, and we get the face reveal of him here. He kind of looks like Butterball Cenobite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is true. That's great. I don't know why Todd didn't do what I do when I want Alfred to come, is you grab his favorite donut, and you go, come here, cow potato, and he runs over, and he's all cute. Alfred has a squeaky donut that he loves very much. Oh, every time I go over to Greg's house, Alfred will go get the donut to show me. And I go, that's a very nice donut, Alfred. (laughs) But uh, Alfred frees himself and quote-unquote kills Cropsy. The helicopter's flying in. Michelle and the supervisor guy are right outside. All is well. It just needed some fortunate son playing right here. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, he gets, Cropsy gets stabbed in the back with his own shears. Yes. But then, to quote Randy from Scream, wait, this is the part where the supposedly dead killer comes back for one final scare, because the killer return scare happens, but he just instantly axed right in the face and burned again. Uh, you couldn't just do it once, Todd. No, and... The camera fades away on, like, the burnt axed Cropsy just burning in this building. Well, his face is axed to the, like, uh, wall, to the beam. He has a shear sticking out of his back, and he's on fire. Like, holy shit, Todd. And then new campers, sometime later, are telling the Cropsy story, and they break the fourth wall for a second, and the storyteller is like, We'll scare you! Or something, like, right at the camera. Yeah, they, like, do what sounds like would be the tagline, but it isn't. No, and that is the burning. The burning is very weird. Some interesting scenes. I love the opening, even though it's really cheesy. I like the burn scene. There's some cool kills. Tom Savini, of course, does great on the special effects. There's a lot of weird guys in this that do some very bad things do not be like the guys in this movie yeah honestly i'm trying to think of the only guy you could be like in this movie is george yeah yeah he wasn't bad i was trying to think like he wasn't ever like handsy with anyone or grabbed them against their will or force kissed them (laughs) and dude i just i don't think it's bad i mean i do think it's bad but I don't oh, think yeah, it's definitely. bad, like, for us. But I don't understand the praise for it. I, I know listeners are probably mad at me right now, because 
I've seen enough almost universal praise for this movie. Maybe something just wasn't clicking with me, but I'm like, I don't get it. I'm there with you of like, I picked this movie because I was like, oh, the burning, like it's summertime. You know, we want to do some summer movies, some camp movies. We've already done Sleepaway Camp 3. We only have like one more of those we can ever do. Um, so far, there might be more. We don't have, we don't know any rumors, but let's hope. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh, let's do a fun summer camp movie. George is in this. George Costanza. Holy shit. But still, it is like, I don't love it. It's an okay movie. This isn't like a watch every year kind of thing. It's been probably a few years since I've seen this. But it's kind of fun every few years. Yeah, I, I could watch it again. It'd be more fun with a group. It's nothing. Yeah. I'm, this isn't an own for me at all. No. Like, I, I would definitely pass it up if I saw it for sale, probably. Like, it's not an own for me. It might be a watch again sometime for me. Oh, yeah, I could see here in, like, another couple years when you almost kind of forget most about the burning. You're like, oh, yeah, it's that movie with George in it and the Tom Savini special effects. Let's check that out. You're like, oh, yeah, this is what the burning was. Now I remember. Man, I just would have a hard time with how many, like, if I'm in the mood for a summer slash summer camp slasher movie, there's so many options, not even just Friday and Sleepaway Camp. There's so many options. Like, I... I find it hard to picture me reaching for the burning yeah it's not very often that you're in that kind of mood but this is one that i've wanted to cover since like near the beginning this is one i always had in the back of my mind of like oh one day we'll do the burning so oh, for are. sure oh, this wasn't a dude there are very few episodes that i'm like why did we do this like even <laughs> stuff that i hate there are very few episodes where i'm like why did we do this I've never had that feeling. I've felt very strongly for every movie we've covered, ever. Oh, good. <laughs> Alright. You ever some Count of the Dead? Yes, let's get to the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Alright, the Throbbing Horror Count of the Dead's where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with the burning? There is a decent amount. Because even on that one raft scene, we get like four or five right there. Yeah, I'll tell you what, they're very fucking spread out, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go nine. Oh, you are so close. We got ten. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, I will never argue with more death. Never. That's great. Scout of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. So basically, I'll take something from the movie and I rate the movie one through ten, one being the worst and ten being the best. Now come up with that thing right now. All right, so we've definitely talked a lot about Jason Alexander in this episode. Of course. As me and you are both huge Seinfeld fans. Yes. So I'm going to pick a character from Seinfeld to be trapped in this scenario with. Of like, I was so hoping you would do that, because I remember when Norm showed up in house, he did that with Cheers. I'm like, oh, I hope he does that with this one. Yes. So a number one version of a character from Seinfeld to be trapped at the summer camp with the worst version of a character Newman. I mean, he's got to be the fucking worst. He's going to be ribbing you the whole time. He's also not going to be helping whatsoever. He's a lazy bastard. He's eating all the food. He's eyeing you up. Like you're a piece of like Turkey. Yes. Oh God. I'm trying to think about the best character. Cause no, I loved like, I wouldn't it's probably pick George. 
Well, I would think about like, this isn't Jason Alexander. This is George Costanza, where he's yeah. going to be walking around the camp the whole time looking frustrated so he doesn't have to help at all. Yes. Oh, to be trapped with. I see. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, Jerry would be funny. Like, Jerry would be very funny. You'd be laughing the whole time. Um, the same thing with Kramer. He might almost fit in with this movie with his past as well. Yeah. Elaine would be complaining the whole time. Oh, but Elaine. She's out there on the dock in her bikini. Yeah. Elaine. I'm going to say Elaine for that reason right there. <laughs> I'm done with it. Um, I'm going to give the burning a five and a half. Just over um, right in the middle, I would say. Just because of how good some of the kills are, and Jason Alexander. I'm a little under you, but not terribly far. I went four characters from Seinfeld, I'll be trapped. So I'm going to say, like, maybe an Arthur Costanza, George's dad. Like, he'd be fun to hang out with, but not someone I really want to be trapped out in the wilderness with. He's going to make me do, like, Festivus wrestling or something. Yeah, like, it doesn't sound like a great time. Like, a number two character to be trapped with is George's mother. Yes. Greg! Greg! <laughs> yeah, but I'm going for it's I I can't appreciate what this did. I just think I'm sorry fans of this movie. I just think it's so fucking sloppy, but not in the like yeah. fun bad way. Because other stuff's pretty well proficient. Like it's shot well, like not edited, shot well. The gore effects are cool, but like there's just a lot missing and a lot of... That doesn't make sense. And like I said, the people we're supposed to root for, almost all of them are people we shouldn't root for. Exactly. Like, I brought it up twice in the episode. I'm going to bring it up again as a weird editing thing of Todd is standing. He sees Axe on the ground and wants to pick it up. As the editing shows, he lays down on his back, picks up the hatchet, then stands back up, but we don't see the sitting or standing part. No. It makes no sense at all. Unless his, that arm is like nine feet long. Like, why? Like, I saw that and had to pause the movie and be like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Worth checking out, though, people. Yeah, at least once, I would say. Yeah. Unless you have anything else, man. No, that's all I got on the burning. Well, we hope that the burning has left your brain throbbing with horror. All right, that's the end of the episode, guys. You know the drill. Follow us on all the social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin. Please rate us five stars on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And come back for next week for the next episode.